One of my favorite stories in the New Testament is found in today's teaching. You know, in order to actually live a life bigger than life, you will most definitely need to worship at the very worst moment in your life. Sometimes discovering the joy of the Lord might mean spending time in prison and choosing to worship in spite of the darkness, in spite of the smell, and in spite of the chains. This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. What does it take to live a life bigger than life? What does it take to leave a mark on history during your tenure here on planet Earth? What does it take to be used in an extraordinary way for the kingdom of God? Those are some of the lessons we're learning by studying the powerful book, of Acts. If you were with us yesterday, you know that Peter was just released miraculously from prison. James, the brother of John, had been senselessly murdered, and Peter had been let free from the jail. An angel had come in the middle of the night when Peter was chained to two prison guards, and his chains were freed. His chains miraculously were opened and Peter walked out of prison. He walked out of jail following the angel. The gate in front of them opened of its own accord and the angel led him down a street. This is an extraordinary moment in the early church history. The early church had spent the entire night praying fervently, it tells us in Acts chapter 12. And then when Peter arrived at the home where the church was praying, he knocked at the door and a servant girl named Rhoda came and she didn't believe it was him. So she didn't let him in, but he kept on knocking till she came back and let him in. Let me read to you these verses. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind, Rhoda. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. Now, when the day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have become of Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. The four guards who had been guarding Peter were executed, but Peter was safe in Caesarea, 
only a miracle of God could have wrought this, that Peter was safe. He was not murdered. He was not beheaded. Acts chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. On the appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and died. Do you see what happened here? Herod was pompous on his royal throne. He was dressed in his earthly royal robes. He was pontificating in his pride, and the people were calling him a God. They said the voice of a God. And in that moment in time, Herod was eaten by worms and died. Probably what we're seeing in this verse in Acts 12, 23, is that Herod's body was attacked by intestinal roundworms that clogged the intestines and caused extreme pain, vomiting, and death. Let me tell you, this was not a pretty way to die, but Herod had not lived a pretty life. He had murdered people who loved God, who were guilty only of serving God. Acts chapter 12, verse 24. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. But the word of the Lord continued to grow. The word of the Lord was being multiplied because of Aeneas and Dorcas and Cornelius and Peter. Is the word being multiplied because of your life at your moment in history? My friends, our lives make a difference. At our moment in history, they do. They actually do. And when you line your life up under the authority of the Word of God, and when you partner with the power of the Holy Spirit, like Peter, like Aeneas, like Cornelius, and like Dorcas, you will live a life bigger than life. Keep on knocking, keep on praying, and allow God to use you at your moment in history. Now what we're going to do is we're about to study one of the most amazing passages in the entire book of Acts. It's certainly one of my favorite portions, and I've taught on it many, many times. So my friends, hold on to your hats because your world is about to be rocked. We're going to personalize these verses from the book of Acts. We're going to write your names on these verses from Acts chapter 16. We are actually going to go to prison with Paul and Silas, and we're going to learn from their extraordinary examples. So what does it take to live a life bigger than life? Well, sometimes it takes spending time in prison. Sometimes it takes worshiping the Lord at the very worst moment of your life. Acts 
Chapter 16, verse 22. And the crowd rose up together against Paul and Silas, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. So the crowd rose up against Paul and Silas in this verse, and I want to personalize it. I want to take you there today, and I want to ask you a question. Has someone risen up against you? Are you a victim of the economy, of a family member, of a spouse, of a co-worker? What has risen up against you in order to bring harm to your life? Acts 16.22 tells us, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off Paul and Silas. You might feel like your security has been ripped away from you. You've lost your job. You've perhaps lost your ability to conceive and bear a child. You've lost your health. You might have lost your marriage. You might have lost your secure finances. What has been taken from you that has formerly made you feel secure. And then what happened next to Paul and Silas and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. Remember I said, I'm going to take you there. What in the world has beaten you up? Has life beat you up? Has year after year of no breakthroughs just left you raw and wounded? Do you never have enough money? Do you have friends who've turned their backs on you? Have you experienced a series of deaths in your personal world? Like Paul and Silas, you might feel as though you are bruised emotionally and bleeding from every single pore of your body. Acts 16, 23. And when they had struck Paul and Silas with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. Paul and Silas were struck with many blows. It was relentless. Not only were the blows numerous, but this word in the Greek describes to us that the blows were also strong and forceful and large, and they lasted a very long time. Paul and Silas were beat to shreds. They were beat within an inch of their very lives. Perhaps their bodies and their faces were now unrecognizable because the blows had been so fierce and so numerous. I might be describing your life. Some of you listening today might feel that you have been beat up beyond recognition, that it's been year after year, month after month of torrential blows happening upon your personal life. And then Paul and Silas were thrown into prison and the council commanded the jailer to guard them securely. So now what happened to Paul and Silas after their clothes had been ripped off of them, after they'd been beat within an inch of their lives, now they were thrown into jail. They had been tossed aside. They might have felt worthless to anyone and to everyone. I wonder what Paul and Silas were feeling this day as they were thrown into the bowels of a Roman prison cell. Acts 16, 24. 
And the guard, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So Paul and Silas's feet were locked in stocks. Now, we don't know about their hands and arms, but this is what we do know. Paul and Silas weren't going anywhere. They were chained into prison. Now, it's one thing to know, to realize, to understand that you're in a prison. It's another thing to be chained there. Are you in a prison? Are you in a prison of depression or loneliness? Are you in a prison of financial debt or of health issues? Paul and Silas were chained there. Do you feel chained in your prison as well? Because if you do, it impacts your destiny. Like Paul and Silas, you might feel like you ain't going anywhere. You realize this prison, these chains are my new reality and nothing short of a miracle will change it. You might be feeling like I can't buy my way out. I can't dig my way out. I can't wish my way out. Every demon in hell has decided to keep you in prison. You feel the strength of your their chains. Your feet are locked up. Have I just painted the picture of where you are today? I hope you'll join me tomorrow as we continue to study the story of Paul and Silas because, my friend, you are not forgotten and there is a way out of your prison. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www. JustJoyMinistries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at Carol at JustJoyMinistries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.